0: This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's holy word today, provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family, and may the Lord bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, May the force be with you. All right, even harder, may the forces that form your future be with you. All right, she sells she shells by the seashore. That's the next one. All right, everybody doing good today? Hey, can we just give the Lord a big hand clap for like, today is an amazing day already. Awesome baptisms, and as Jeremy said, everybody here is saved and sanctified, so uh, we got some more baptisms happening in the next couple services, and I know that you're a part of that, and you guys, uh, our dream team, and everybody who's made that possible, thank you, thank you, thank you, you guys are absolutely Amazing. Before we go any further, I gotta. Uh, we've been. We've gone to four services, and it's kind of. It's kind of uh, stretched us. Stretched our faith, but we're. We're loving what God is doing, but in this we we've said we said we we believe that God is putting on our heart to to create an extension of my wife and I. Just because uh, we have like five minutes between service and and there's a lot of needs, a lot of people that want to chat with us. So we created something really cool. It's called service pastors, and our service pastors are people that have our heart that serve in the church, love people, uh, love this church, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, for our ten o'clock uh, service every week, we have uh, two uh, service pastors, husband and wife, and uh, I'm going to have well, one's our Already standing, Russ is already standing. Terry, would you stand? Russ and Terry. All right, yeah. These are two amazing people, and so things like uh, turn the air conditioning down, you can go to them, hallelujah, amen. Uh, No, but they'll pray with you, and and they're such a blessing. Any questions you have about the church, they are here, and we just have an amazing, an amazing team, really, an amazing team, but God has put um, amazing leaders in this church, and we're so thankful we get to serve alongside uh, of people like them, amen. So today we're going to go into part three of Forces That Form Our Future. We're going to look at the third force, but the premise of... Today is this that we just really believe that God is good, and that God is scheming to bless us. Like we just really believe that we believe like God's for us, not against us. We're not fighting for victory; we're fighting from victory. We're not fighting for salvation; we're fighting from salvation, from favor. Are you thankful for that? Amen. And so uh, we're gonna we're gonna take this uh, big look here because. What we believe about God, what we believe about ourselves, and what we believe about our situation is going to determine our future. And I believe that this message and this sermon series is really just kind of an autocorrect. And today we're going to look at another big idea. Again, it's not one that, it's really one that. We could spend several weeks kind of unpacking, but we're just going to kind of give you the seeds of it, and then you can, again, unpack that on your own, and we would encourage you to go back, listen to the message, or do some study. We'll also maybe have some things on, online that you can look at, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 29, 29, and uh, at the end of this, at the end of this sermon series, if, if you know nothing else, you're going to know Deuteronomy 29, 29, all right? And it goes like this, the secret things, everybody say, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things revealed, everybody say, the things revealed belong to us. That was very poor right there. (laughs) Say, they belong to me. me. Turn your neighbor and say, they belong to you. you. So the secret stuff is what God knows. It's what you don't know. It belongs to him. He's large. He's in charge. He does the God thing pretty well. Would you say amen to that? But then there's the stuff that he's revealed and you're responsible for. We're in a partnership with God. We can't sit on the sidelines and say, well, I hope it all turns out well. There's some things that he's put in your hands and in your lap, and he's saying, you know what? We're going to do this together. We're going we're to walk, walk this out together. And so Deuteronomy 29, 29 is the basis and the premise of our message. And so Genesis 8 and 22 is the, the, the premise for today's message. And where we get our title today, it says, as long as the earth endures Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, will never cease. It will never cease. So, today we're going to talk about seed time and harvest. And again, as we get into this message, I want us to embrace this big idea that God is for you, He's for your future being great. Your future being victorious. There's a lot of people who have a bad idea about God and how he is against us. And all he wants to do is knock us down. He's saying, he's looking at us from heaven going, I told you, you couldn't do it. I remember a story about a guy, who, a burglar who broke into a house and he was taking a, a big flat screen TV off the wall about to go out the house. And, and, and from the other side of the room, he hears the words, Jesus is going to get you. So he turns and he gets his flashlight and he looks and it's a parrot parrot says, Jesus is going to get you. And the guy says, what in the world? Who are you? He says, my name is Moses. And he says, Moses? He says, what kind of crazy people name a parrot Moses? He says, the same kind of crazy people that name a 150-pound Rottweiler, Jesus, Jesus is going to get you. (laughs) Yeah. But there's an, there's a, there's an idea about, about God that he's not for us. And the whole premise of this sermon series is like God is for you. And he's revealed to you the keys. He's revealed to me and you and I the keys for us to have a future that is blessed. And again, I'm, this is not prosperity. This is just simply like walking out the purposes of God. That God has formed you and fashioned you, not by coincidence, but di- by design and for purpose. And everybody say amen to that. Alright, so today we're going to talk about seed time and harvest. This is a, a, a law, a rule that you can't get around, I can't get around, we can't bend it, we can't break it, we can't undo it, everything All the kingdoms of this earth, the the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, uh, the spiritual, the kingdom of God, everything runs on this system and this premise. And the premise is, is that everything comes as a seed. Sometimes when we pray for a miracle, sometimes God doesn't give us the miracle, He gives us the seed for the miracle. What if you prayed for something and God gave you the seed? Seed is possibility, seed is potential. In a seed is everything that can be or could be if that seed was in the right environment. Can you imagine being that close to a miracle, that close to a future that's different, that close to walking in victory? It's in seed form, and it's about what do you do with it? I can't change that seed, but what I can do is I can do the right thing with the seed that God has given me. And I feel like sometimes we mishandle the things that God's put in our hands, the things that God's put in our lap, and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to invest this. I want you to plant it. I want you to do the right thing because nothing will grow unless it's sown. When you sow it, it will grow. And so we have to be ambitious and say, okay, we're going to partner. We're going to be intentional about our future. We're going to be intentional about the victory that we walk in. Christ has already won the battle. Now we have to embrace it and walk in it. And the future that God has for us is a future of victory. It doesn't mean it's perfect and there's no no ups and downs and hills and valleys. What it means is that in the valleys and in the times of trouble, you're going to be able to walk victorious and have confidence in him, that you're going to be able to intentionally say, this is the future that I believe God has for me. This is what God's put in in my hands and in my lap. Because today is the reality that we're living out today a future that was planted years ago. It was a seed. And you are living out, you are living in the harvest time today of something that was sown yesterday. So you have to ask yourself Am I happy with that? Are there things that I'm reaping today that I'm not, I'm not proud of? Decisions that I made, ideas that came my way, uh, thoughts that I embraced and I allowed to germinate in my heart and soul. And now today it's my reality. And so we're going to look at the laws of seed time and harvest. There was a gentleman by the name of Edward DeBano. He was—he uh, is uh, a philosopher, uh, a brilliant mind, and he was a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford University. The long story short is he was out too late one night, and he was a bit inebriated, if you know what I mean, and he was as trying to get back to the dorms at a, a time that was appropriate. He didn't want to go through the front gate, so he had to climb two walls. He goes through uh, Christ Church Meadows, and he climbs the first wall, and as he makes it over, he's excited that he didn't kill himself, so he's going to try to scale the second wall. He scales the second wall, barely makes it over. When he makes it over, he finds himself back outside the first wall. <laughs> well, this happens several times. Uh, and, and finally, in doing all this, the rigmarole of it all, he finally bumps up against a gate that opens and he's able to walk through it. It kind of was the seed of this idea of lateral, what they call lateral thinking, that there's a better way, that there's, a, there's the obvious way, but then there's the better way of doing it. There's the gate that you didn't know was there. So they've called him for literally decades now and asked you know, just and said, Hey, what what is what is a solution to this problem. For instance, one of them was in 1950. They were building these skyscrapers in New York, and they said, hey, people are waiting like a minute or two for the elevator because we have these elevators, and, and now the, the floors are so high, people are waiting. What do we do? Do we do we say these floors can only use the elevator at these times, or um, do we put in another shaft and get another elevator? What do we do? And here's what he came up with. He said, those are the obvious uh, uh, responses, but here's a gate. Here's lateral thinking. He says, people love Love to look at themselves in the mirror. He says if you put mirrors all around the entrance of an elevator, people will spend time looking at themselves, getting themselves ready while the elevator's coming. That's why today about 95% of elevators you're going to see you're going to see mirrors all around. So ladies when you're primping and doing all that stuff, you can thank Mr. Edward hallelujah amen. <laughs> all right? So so really this is lateral thinking this is, this is future thinking. This is something you got to embrace and you got to say this is, this is God's plan. This is, not, this is not self-help. This is a law that God instituted a long time ago. In fact, the entire Bible is based on seed, time, and harvest. The gospel is seed, time, and harvest. Jesus is seed, time, and harvest. The resurrection of the dead in the last days will be seed, time, and harvest. Jesus, you know that Jesus is called the Son of God. He is the only begotten of the Father, monogenese, monogenese, genes, monogenes. He's the only seed of God. He's the blueprint. He's the express image. And whenever God sent his son into the earth, he was literally sending his seed. And that's why the gospel is not just the death and resurrection, it's the death burial or planting and resurrection. That when Christ went into the earth, he was establishing a truth that there's going to be a harvest of souls that will also come out of this earth that will come and be with him forever and ever and ever. Ever. It's all based on seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. So the key today is us being intentional about what we are going to receive and say, This is God's will for us to understand this force, the force of seed time and harvest. Reminds me of a story of a lady I, I heard, she uh, unfortunately had uh, her husband passed and he left her about $50,000 to take care of, of, of the, the funeral and, and burial and everything. And so after it was all said and done, her friend came up and said, Hey, um, how's everything going? And the lady said, Man, I honestly, I am broke. All the money's gone. And she said, Well, where did the money go? She goes, Well, I spent $5,000 on the funeral, and then I spent, I spent $45,000 on the memorial stone. She said, That must be a huge stone. She lifted her hand. She says, It is. It's five and a half carats. <laughs> So, you, you get to choose your future. <laughs> you get to choose your future. That's not a good idea, ladies. This is a warning. Don't do that. All right. <clears throat> but I really believe here today that we get to be intentional about what we get to receive. And today, you get to possibly sow something into your life that's going to bring a reality in your future. The relationships that we embrace, the thoughts that we think, amen, the music we listen to, it all has seed. It all brings a harvest in our future. It all brings a reality. So we have to look at this together. Mark chapter 4 and 26, this is um, where we're going to get our three principles today. Mark 4 and 26, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. I underline that because that's so amazing. That's the secret things. No matter, no matter if he's up or down, no matter if he's worried or not worried, it's not up to him. It's up to God, the secret things. The seed sprouts and grows. Though he does not know how, all by itself the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come there is a day that the harvest will show up there's a day that that those things that you sowed in your life decisions you made will become your reality and you will have to do something about it so on the back of your bulletin your worship guide there are some places for notes and we're going to break these down into three segments we're going to talk about the seed or the sowing this is our first part is the seed or the sowing and in sowing, the first and most important thing to ask is, where did this seed come from? Because every seed has an origin. If you want to plant the right things, you got to make sure you're getting it from the right place. Well, let me just say this. Let's, let's back up. Genesis 1, you know, God made something really cool. He made every living thing with seed within itself to reproduce after its kind. So he made the palm tree, and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to keep making palm trees. I'm going to make the palm tree make palm trees. The palm tree is going to beget palm trees, and the monkeys will beget monkeys, and the squirrels will beget squirrels, and tomato plants will produce tomato plants. I'm making it once. There's an origin. There's a one time, and then it will produce seed seed. And it will reproduce. And this is how God designed it. So everything goes back. All those iterations, all the different kinds of tomatoes, whether you like fried green tomatoes or the small tomatoes or the 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 big tomatoes, they all come back to that one original tomato plant. And God says, I'm making it once. I'm not making it more than that. It all comes back to an origin. And you have to ask yourself, what's the origin of this? Where does this seed come from? Where does that information come from? Where does that that person gave me a little information? Maybe it's gossip, maybe it's news, maybe it's gospel, gospel or gossip. Where did that come from? What is this music producing, the music that my children's listening to? What kind of seed is in it? Where does it come from? Because what you don't understand is everything that's living has seed. It reproduces after its kind. And it doesn't stop with just producing one. It it produces more fruit and it multiplies. And before you know it, there's a harvest that could be out of control. And you go, how did this happen? You ever had that happen where you go, it's just a little Bermuda grass in the front, no big deal. Before you know it, because you didn't pay attention, it's all over the place because you didn't pay attention. Where did this come from? Well, maybe the Bermuda grass will produce the nice golf course grass. No, Bermuda grass produces baby devil Bermuda grass grass. And that's what happens, all right? And so you got to ask yourself, where did this come from? Because where this came from is inevitable of where it's going and what it's going to become. The orange seed will produce orange trees that will produce oranges that will produce orange, more orange seeds, et cetera, et cetera. Everything has an origin. The Bible says that every good gift, every perfect gift comes from the Father above, the Father of lights. And the Bible also says that every lie, those lies, he is the Father, Satan, Lucifer who fell, the angel, the archangel who fell from heaven, lost his state, lost his place before God. The covering angel that stood before the throne of God. And when the glory and the light of God shone, all those gems that were in Lucifer, they shined, created a light show in heaven. And now he's in a different place. And the Bible says he's the father of all lies. Every lie has an origin. Every mistruth, every false theology has an origin. You can trace even spirits of humanism back to the origins of the scripture and find out that the same pattern takes place of people who embrace it, the Tower of Babel, ask yourself, where did it come from? Because if you find out where it's coming from, you can going to have confidence of what it's going to produce. The next thing you got to know is what you sow is what you get. There's a law in Galatians 6 and 7 that says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So let me just share this with you. If you want a great marriage... You're not going to get that by sowing torment, fear, debate. You have to sow peace. Those who sow peace will reap peace. You've got to be intentional about it. What do you want your future to look like? What do you want your marriage? What do you want to see in your children? And the question is, really, what are you sowing to do to get that? What are you sowing today? Because what you sow today will be your tomorrow reality. It'll be the reality of tomorrow. And you'll have to live with that crop and you'll say, you'll say this, is not what, this is not what I wanted, but this is what you sow. You're not going to sow tomatoes and get okra, which would be really cool if you could. But whatever you sow is what you're going to get. So are the seeds that I'm sowing today, are the things I'm putting in my heart, are the things I'm listening to, are they conducive to the future that I believe God has for me? Are the relationships that I'm in, are they conducive to the future that I see for me? You can be be linked up with people and have soul ties and not realizing that there's a seeding happening. You think you're influencing them, but they are influencing you. And those seeds are getting in your heart, and you don't even realize, you're like, where did that attitude come from? It came from a bad relationship. You didn't get that on your own. You didn't create that. That attitude's been in the world. You just got it somewhere. You picked up a seed. We look at our life and we look at our future, it's like it's like a a field. We walk out to the field and you can't wish it. You can't say, I wish it would produce potatoes. All of a sudden, potatoes. I wish it would produce donuts and pizza. Pizza and donuts. You don't get it by wishing. You don't get it by praying. In fact, if you sow watermelon and you pray, you know what I'll change my mind. I want corn. It's not going to turn to corn. You're going to get water. What you sow is what you get. You have to be intentional about what you sow. Some people say, I want friends. Are you ready? This is powerful. This is profound. This is going to blow your mind. I'm going to drop the mic if I had a mic in my hand and walk off the stage. Are you ready? If you want friends, the Bible says, show yourself friendly. Sow a seed of Friendliness. They didn't ask me to coffee, ask them to coffee. Hello, is right. I'll be here all week, folks. I'll be here all week. All right? You have to sow into the future that you want. You have to take initiative. I know, oh God, bring me a friend. Bring me a friend. They come knocking, and you're so, bring me a friend. You gotta sow. You gotta sow. Let me say this, you don't grow what you don't sow. There's a lot of potential that you have that you don't even realize you have, but because you haven't sown it, because you haven't trusted God up for it, because you haven't stepped out, you're twiddling your thumbs going, if God wants it, he'll knock me over, the seed will just fall out of my hands and spread all over, and it'll, it'll, it'll be wonderful and okay. That's not how it works. You know how it works? It's about being intentional, being intentional. This is the future, I believe. What's the future that you see? Most people are are so unintentional about the future. And again, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, you know, driving a Rolls-Royce and having this and having that. If that's the future that you see, then then we're missing it somewhere else. I'm talking about walking in victory. I'm not I'm talking about understanding my purpose. You understanding your purpose. Do you know that when God made Adam, he made you? You were there. He made man one time. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. There was a knowing you, and then there's the formed you. There's what he put into your heart, the seed of your life. There's a purpose. And you know what success is? Success is not doing something that's really cool that people go, that's awesome. Success is discovering why I'm here and fulfilling the purpose of what God originally attended on that day that every human was created on the day of creation in Genesis chapter 1. You have a purpose, you have a design, you have a place in the kingdom. And so many Christians don't know their place, they don't know their space, they don't know why they exist, and so they feel unfulfilled. And so we got to be intentional about it. Number two is time or waiting. Waiting. Everybody say waiting. How many loves to wait in a long line? Mm. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, hey guys over there! There's a quicker line over there. Everybody, part the Red Sea. Let me ask you a question: How many here? You, you, are, have you been surprised by this kale thing that showed up? Can I ask the question? Where did kale come from? One day I ordered salad at a restaurant, and there was this stuff that looked like a leaf that someone got from the Amazon and put it in my salad. I'm like, uh, what, what? What is this? And they're like, oh, it's kale. I'm like, it's what? Will it kale you? That's what I was. say. I was like, it's going to kale me? And then they're like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, what is all this other stuff on top of it? It looks like, like this weird dirt or something. They're like, oh, that's called quinoa. You're going to love it. Kale and quinoa. Welcome to California. Has any, did anybody know what kale was before 10 years ago? Where did it come from? came from the devil. That's where it came from. I don't want kale. I want the water that's in a shape and form real light. Okay, anyways. Here's the bottom line. Is there some things that just take time? Let me, let me say this. You can't rush the process. Everybody say, you can't rush the process. This dude, the Bible says, it didn't matter if he was up or down. It didn't matter if he was uh, playing bingo or Yahtzee or apples to apples, which I played with my family last night and lost miserably. (laughs) Terrible game. It's so subjective. Drives me nuts. But that's another thing. (laughs) So crazy. Anyways, here's the bottom line is between the sowing and the reaping, there's this thing called waiting. And so some of you have sown good seed, and you're going, well, what now? I thought, I thought you know, if, if we preach a sermon about shifting, and today God's going to come in with a boom shakalaka, everything's going to be different, everything's going to be changed. People run the aisles, people are hanging from the chandeliers. There's no chandeliers in here, but it just sounds good. They're excited, but when you say, okay, sow and wait, everyone goes, Wait? And we're in a society that literally we want it now. We want to buy it before we can afford it. We want to sleep with it before we put a ring on it. We want to lead before we've served and honored. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a culture that has everything backwards. We want, we want to reap before we've sown. And that mentality is deadly and it aborts so many great harvests because we're not there when it shows up. I want to show you this verse, Hebrews chapter 10 and 35. So do not throw away your confidence. It uh, It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Between doing the will of God and receiving what he has promised, there's this little thing called a comma. And that little comma means pause. And a lot of us get tripped up on the pause The comma, the when you've done the will of God, comma, wait, pause, space, you will receive. And you go, I've been doing this church thing for three months. We've got a lot of new Christians in this house. And you go, I've been doing, I mean, I've, been coming, I've, been, I've, been, I've been coming to church for, for three weeks, three months, a, a year now, and I'm going, okay, God, I'm ready for you to show up in a big way. What I'm going to tell you is you've got to remain, you've got to stay, stay planted, because there's going to be a day when the harvest co- Everything you've done is going to come back. Everything you've done. He's going to come back, Galatians 6 and 9. Powerful verse, important verse. Let us not be weary. Let us not be weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We need to synchronize our faith with God's schedule. Synchronize your faith with God's seed time and harvest. It's coming. That's what faith is. It's looking forward. It's coming. It's coming. There's a city that's coming. There's a promise that's coming. There's a blessing that is coming. And so we look at the big idea of we sow today for what we want tomorrow, for what we believe God has for us tomorrow. This is an important concept because what ends up happening is, and you maybe heard me say this before, we either play now or pay later, or we pay now and we play later, but at some point you're going to pay. At some point, you have to decide Am I willing to sow what God has given me? We got enough sermons, enough Bible. You probably have enough Bibles at your home to to, to get all that God has for you. There's enough resources. Our issue is not resources, our issue is not a lack of seed. Our issue is a lack of understanding the seed time and harvest. So you've got to decide Am I going to sow today? Am I going to sow today for a tomorrow that's greater? Am I going to embrace the idea that what I give up today is going to bring a greater dividend tomorrow versus me just consuming the seed for myself? We consume it. We consume it. We consume it. When God says, if you'll give it up, then God will bring it back through his divine providence. So we have to remain. we got to stay. we got to stay faithful knowing there's a time issue. And then number three, harvest. Harvest. Here comes the harvest. For some of you, you're going, my God. I- I've, been, I've been serving God. I've been, I've been doing my best. I got baptized a couple of months ago. Went to starting point. And now it feels like all this stuff is like coming up. What I want you to understand is this. You're, going, you're reaping decisions that you made a long time ago. You can reap A bad harvest in a good season. People go, this is a great season. I'm with the Lord. I love Jesus. Jesus loves me. Why is all this stuff coming up? Because you reaped, you sowed a harvest, you made decisions, you watched that thing, you did that thing, you made that decision, you didn't pay the taxes, and now stuff is coming and you have to deal with it. Here's the problem. If you just don't deal with it, you know what happens with a harvest? That fruit grows, there's seed in the fruit, and it reseeds itself, and it begins to repeat. And so because we're unintentional about harvest, we go, I don't like this, let's just just ignore it. What you don't realize, if you just ignore it and don't deal with it, you know what happens? It's going to reseed itself. You go, what just happened? I can't get rid of this attitude. I can't get rid of this proclivity. I can't get rid of this, this disposition. Why is it just looming? Because you haven't truly dealt with it. You've let it grow and reseed the ground. So God has called us to be intentional about the harvest, the good and the bad. Go out there and say, you know what? This doesn't belong here. Before it reseeds itself, I'm going to take this. I'm going to give it to God. Aren't you thankful for the re- Redemption of the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of God? You can give it to Him, and through the fire of His glory, He can consume that seed and say, No more. This is gonna stop right here. This seed is gonna stop right here. I don't know if you've ever watched or, or, or seen the National Geographics, they talk about the animals that are on the brink of being extinct or, or, or become extinct. The seed doesn't exist anymore, it stopped. And here's what I want to speak over somebody and take that and turn it, turn it for good. That there's some things in your life, maybe some, maybe some proclivities, maybe some actions that you keep taking. You keep going to that site online. You, you keep treating your family a certain way. You keep denying God what is his. You keep forgetting to make him first. The great thing is this, is you can stop that seed. You can take it and say, you know what? This, this is not going to be reseeded. I'm not going to let this seed spill over and get into my family. I'm not going to let this get into my, my friendships. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let this reseed. It's stopping here with me. The man gets up. For good or bad, he says, it's time to cut it down. It's time to pull it out of the field. Get it out of the field and get it into the house. Where do you bring The fruit, you bring it to the house. God, here's the fruit of my life. Here's the good and here's the bad. God, all the bad, all the stuff I have, all the stuff that my life has produced, I'm giving it to you. The stuff that needs to continue, I'm going to take it back out of the hill. But the stuff that doesn't, Lord, I'm giving it to you. It stops right here. And today, someone needs to say, it stops today right here. It's over. Do not let it recede.